Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. and turn to the book of Mark. We are continuing our study here. And you will notice that beautiful picture, but kind of a a rotten uh, title, Clean Hands, Dirty Heart. We're going to talk about that. So Mark chapter 7 and verses 14 to 23 will be our text. And that also is recorded in Matthew chapter 15. And we're going to take a peek at that because there's a little bit more Uh, information in the Matthew passage. But if you have a yellow piece of paper, you can use that to take some notes. And uh, at the top of that yellow piece of paper, this is what it said. The world is not messed up. (laughs) We always say that. Man, we live in in a messed up world. Well, the world is not messed up. Here's the bad news. You are. John Newton had it right, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. The Pharisees were concerned about the outside, and that's what we talked about last week. They were concerned the disciples were eating with unclean hands. The Pharisees were always concerned about the outside. Jesus is concerned about the inside. And in Titus chapter 3, 5 to 7, you can read that later washing of regeneration we're going to talk about that word in a moment washing of regeneration and renewal by the spirit the Pharisees were concerned on the outside Jesus is way more concerned about the inside Jesus is continuing his teaching on tradition but changes the focus from outward to inward And for Christ followers, those that know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that truly is the heart of the matter. The heart is really the heart of the matter. And so if you have your Bible there, turn to Mark chapter 7, and we're going to start with verse 14. And then we'll jump over to Matthew and look at that passage as well. Again, Jesus called the crowd to himself. And he says something here that he doesn't normally say. Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. I mean, this is important. What he's going to be saying is important. It's foundational. It's essential. You know, we, we, we've heard a lot about the, uh, the word essential. What is essential these days? And the camp that Hayden went to and our girls are going to, uh, it says uh, the, the theme is summer is essential. Summer is essential. Well, this information that Jesus says to everyone and understand this is foundational. It's essential. It's bottom line stuff. And he says, nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. And Jesus says, are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach, and then out of his body. 
In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. Remember in the Old Testament, they had all of these rigmarole traditions about what was clean and what was unclean. And so by saying this, that it's not really what goes in, it's what comes out that's unclean, Jesus is saying, in essence, essence that all foods are clean. And then, of course, Peter sees that vision on the rooftop in the book of Acts, which uh, Jesus exclaims is the same thing. He went on. What comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For within, for from within, out of man's hearts, come evil thoughts. And then a giant list here. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. So go over to Matthew chapter 15, back to the left of your Bible there. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 10, we'll read... Uh, this story here, and it adds a few little details. Jesus called to the crowd, uh, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean, but what comes out of his mouth, that is what makes him unclean. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? We're going to find out why they were offended. He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. That's a, that's a tough word. Leave them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will follow into pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. And Jesus says like he did over there, are you still so dull? Jesus asked them, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false teaching, slander. These are what makes a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. So we're going to take a few notes here. And the first is this. It's not the stomach. It's the heart. The heart is the heart of Christianity. And Jesus uses our digestive system to illustrate that. It's not what goes in, Jesus says, that makes you unclean. The whole system created by the Pharisees, and this is why they are upset when Jesus said this, the whole system created by the Pharisees avoided all the outside stuff. All that stuff on the outside. Don't touch. Clean your hands. Don't eat. Don't go into Samaria. That's a bad place. Everything out there is polluted. So they created millions of rules to keep the Israelites away from that pollution. But Jesus is saying it's not out there. The problem isn't out there. It's in here. It's in the heart. And he says that back in Mark 
in a number of places in our text. He says in verse 15, nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Then 18 and 19, he says, are you so dull? Don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach and then out of his body. And then in verse 20, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. So the idea here is it's not what goes in, it's what comes out. And the King James Version, if you have that, it says uh, that, it, I think it's in verse 17 in the Matthew passage, it says going into the, st the stomach and is cast out into the draught, into the draught. And a long time ago it used to be called the draught house and we've made the word a little bit smaller by calling it the outhouse. And so Jesus is getting pretty graphic here, but the draught, maybe to get a little graphic, in the Hebrew is the place you sit. <laughs> and so what Jesus is saying, it's not what comes into the mouth or the brain or the heart that makes you unclean. It it's what comes out. It's what comes out of the heart and what comes out of the mouth that makes you unclean. And why is this so important? Well, our next point, and I hate to say this, but your heart is wretched. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell wretched, you can spell wicked. Your heart, I hate to say this, this isn't always, always very good news here. Your heart is wretched. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say your heart is a cesspool of evil. Alright? Say your heart is a cesspool of evil. You and I were born with wicked sinful hearts. And it says that in a number of places. A couple of those are Romans chapter 3. And we've read this passage a number of times, but if you'd like to follow again, Romans chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's a, that's a heavy-duty verse. There is no one righteous, not even one. Jeremiah 17.9. Jeremiah 17.9. It's one of the major prophets there. A little bit after the book of Psalms. Jeremiah 17.9. It says this, The heart is deceitful above all things. And look, look at this. And beyond cure, who can understand it? And then Proverbs, go back to the left a bit, Proverbs 4.23.
Proverbs 4.23. And this is the warning. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Jesus goes on to say in our text, in Matthew, or I'm sorry, Mark chapter 7 and verse 21, for from within, out of men's hearts, and he says, the first thing, are full of evil thoughts. Everything starts right up here. We're all aware of that. Everything starts right up here. And the Bible says that. Romans 7.23, that great passage where the Apostle Paul says, The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. And he's really struggling with that. Romans 7.23 says that the war is raging against our minds. And that war makes me a prisoner to the law of sin. James 1.14 says our thoughts and evil desires, so our thoughts and evil desires that start up here in the mind, conceive into action. James 1.14 says, and then Jesus goes on and lists some of those evil thoughts and evil actions. And so if you're looking at our notes, we are full of evil thoughts and we are full of evil actions. And the evil actions come from within. They come from our heart. And so Jesus lists them. Sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is usually always listed first because it seems to be the king of corruption. Sexual immorality, adultery, lust, pornography, rape, homosexuality, incest. If you want to see all the sexual sins, you've got to look at Leviticus 18. It lists all the sexual perversions and then some. But that's the first one. From, for from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexually, sexual immorality. Then it's theft. We know what that is. Stealing. Murder. We know what that is. Killing someone. Adultery could have gone right up there with sexual immorality. Greed. Malice. What is malice? It is a desire to do evil. A desire to do evil. Now Adam, I think, is next door unless he left. See, that's the problem. I just don't know who's over there anymore. Adam is over there, and Adam and I have, a, have had a conversation, and you're, you might have a hard time uh, uh, seeing this from me, but every now and then, I got a really crazy brain. Because every now and then, I think as I'm chatting with you, this, this desire comes from me, comes into my brain. You're going you're gonna to have a hard time uh, responding to this. There, there's a desire that comes into my brain where I want to punch you. Where does that come from? We're talking about spiritual things, maybe you and I, and all of a sudden I've got a crazy, sinful desire that comes into my brain and I want to punch you. That is evil. That is malice. A desire to do evil. Deceit is the next one. Deceit. Deceit is lying. Lewdness. Lewdness just means a dirty mind. 
Envy, we know that is jealousy. Slander is character assassination. And then uh, Jesus says folly, which basically is just a lack of good sense in general. And you know the crazy thing about all of this is that the Pharisees had really clean hands. But their hearts were filthy. Their hearts were filthy. And I hate to say it, but so are ours. Our hearts are filthy. And a lot of times with filthy hearts, we say to ourselves, I got this. I can do this. I can, I can do this on my own. Lord, I don't need your help. And so if Jesus uses an elimination illustration, I'm going to share with you an il uh, 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 elimination illustration. We have a niece, Betsy, and she has a number of kids, and they had a little boy who was learning to potty train come to their house. And the little boy needed to use their restroom. And so the little boy went into their restroom. And he was in there for a number of moments, uh, 10, 15 minutes. And Betsy said to him, are you okay in there? And he said, yeah, I'm fine. Do you need any help? No, I can do this. Are you sure you don't need any help? No, I got this. There's no problem. Well, the little boy came out and Betsy went in and she said it was everywhere. All right? You and I are a little bit like that in that we say, I got this. Lord, I got this. I can take care of it. I don't need your help. And the Lord lets us, and we make a mess of everything. And that's what it says here. What comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from with come from inside and make a man unclean. Ah, oh, well, thankfully, there is a solution. There is a solution. Thankfully, there is a solution. And the solution is as easy as this. I saw a bumper sticker a number of years ago. The bumper sticker said this. And this is the solution. It's as easy as this. Get right or get left. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the easy uh, illustration of the solution. And the bumper sticker, uh, sticker said, get right or get left. Jesus told Nicodemus that he must be born again. Remember that story in John? Jesus says to Nicodemus, Nicodemus comes and he says, Hey, we know that, that you're really doing some amazing things. And Jesus immediately interrupts him and says, You must be born again. And Nicodemus doesn't understand what that is. Well, the idea of being born again is regeneration. Remember I said we're going to look at that word? Jesus is concerned about the inside. Washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Regeneration, the word means breathe new life into. Breathe new life into something. If that something has been regenerated, it has new life that has been 
breathed into it. In other words, regeneration means reborn. Reborn. The solution is we need to be reborn. We need to be, as Jesus told Nicodemus, born again. Jesus has to change you on the inside. Now we're all aware of this. As Jesus knocks on the door of your heart... Remember we've talked about that, Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and sup with him. I will regenerate him, sup with him, dine with him, and he with me. Jesus has to change you on the inside. Jesus knocks on the door of your heart, and you open the door... And let him begin to change you on the inside. And it's a process, isn't it? It's a process. I mean, when we let Jesus into our hearts, we don't automatically become great and perfect and everything is wonderful. It's a process. We are letting the Lord slowly begin to make us into the kind of people that he wants us to be. One of the things that I have loved about being a part of the Minatrista this last, uh, Minatrista Baptist Church this last year is watching all of these things go on here. I mean, we built our new building. Totally exciting. New carpet in our sanctuary. New ceiling fans with lights. They're working out in the front on the tuck pointing. And for our money, I guess they're going to even continue around the side from what I hear, which is wonderful. Let's see, what else? Well, we need a new parking lot, but that's going to be somewhere down the road. The youth room is being done downstairs. We have a new nursery downstairs, just waiting for what the Lord might have for us in the future. We're doing all of these outward things. And I've been talking with Gary Bagalki because he's been here almost every day. And I, you know, he's not here, but I want to thank him for all the work that he's been doing. I told him, I said, I should have been a project manager. Because I love to see all these things happening. And all these wonderful things, changes happening. And then I had to think about this for a moment. God is not all that impressed. I mean, yes, we need to take as best care of our church as we can. I mean, when you think about the temple and what Solomon built and the direction that God gave to David, I mean, the temple, the Lord's temple, was an amazing place. But the problem is, is all those things that I just mentioned about what we're doing here at our church, although they're wonderful, they're all on the outside. They're all on the outside. What the Lord is way more concerned about is what's on your inside. What's on your inside? If you look at Ezekiel, and again, that's going to be after Jeremiah, Lamentation, Ezekiel, chapter 36. And this is why Jesus is upset with Nicodemus. He should have known the Old Testament. He should have known this verse. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 25. 
Jesus is upset because Nicodemus should have known the Old Testament. He should have known Ezekiel 25. When Jesus says to you, him, you must be born again, he has no clue what he's talking about. What do you mean? i got to crawl back in my mother's womb and be born again? No! This is what he's talking about. It says, I will sprinkle clean water on you. Verse 36, 25. And you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart, a regenerated heart. You will have a new heart that is born again. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Jesus has to give us, you and me, a new heart. The heart is the heart of the matter. Jesus wants to regenerate your heart of stone and give you a new heart where your spirit lives. If you are a Christ follower, you are or should be under new ownership. You can't just do the outward stuff. You know, and we're, we're really into the outward stuff. I told you all the great stuff that's happening here. And all the outward stuff that we do. Yeah, I, I come to church every Sunday, and when I do, I dress as nice as I can, and, and I tell you that I read the Bible, and I tell you that I pray, and I might even pray in church, and I, you know, I do all that outward stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that outward stuff. We need to be doing that outward stuff. But Jesus is very, 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 very concerned about the heart. And I know that we as believers are really concerned with what's going out on out there in our world. You know, we're, and we ought to be. We're very concerned about what's going on out there. You know, we read the newspapers, we watch the news channels, and, you know, we live in a crazy world. But I want us to be thinking about spending a little bit more time on focusing not so much out there but in here, in here, in our hearts. Next Sunday, I'm going to do something a little bit different. My wife and I are going to read, kind of in a dramatic way, this little booklet, My Heart, Christ's Home. Maybe you have read it. But I just want to kind of wrap up here by reading the last part of this little section. Uh, and it's entitled, Transferring the Title. And this is what the guy says. We're going to read the whole book next week and it will be our message and then we'll talk a little bit about it. But this is what it says at the end. So if you're here next week, you're going to get double dose. Then a thought came to me. I said to myself, I have been trying to keep this heart of mine clean and available for Christ, but it is hard work. I start on one room and no sooner have I cleaned it than I discover another room is dirty. I begin on the second room and the first one is already dusty again. I'm getting tired of trying to maintain a clean heart and an obedient life. I'm just not up to it. Suddenly I asked, Lord, is there a possibility you would be willing to manage the whole house and operate it for me just as you did that closet? 
Could I give to you the responsibility of keeping my heart what it ought to be and myself doing what I ought to be doing? I could see his face light up as he replied, I'd love to. This is exactly what I came to do. You can't live out the Christian life in your own strength. That is impossible. Let me do it for you and through you. That's the only way it will really work. But, he added slowly, I am not the owner of this house. Remember, I'm here as your guest. I have no authority to take charge since the property isn't mine. In a flash, it all became clear. Excitedly, I exclaimed, Lord, you have been my guest, and I have been trying to play the host. From now on, you are going to be the owner and master of the house. I'm going to be the servant. Running as fast as I could to the strong box, I took out the title deed to the house, describing its assets and liabilities, its condition, location, and situation. Then rushing back to him, I eagerly signed it over, giving title to him alone for time and eternity. Dropping to my knees, I presented it to him. Here it is, all that I am and have forever. Now you run the house. Just let me stay with you as houseboy and friend. He took my life that day and I can give you my word. There is no better way to live the Christian life. He knows how to keep it and use it. A deep peace settled down on my soul that has remained. I am his and he is mine forever. May Christ settle down and be at home as Lord of your house also. It's a great little story and I'm excited to read it to you next week. Have you been washed clean on the inside? You know, Psalm 51 is David's confession right after he sinned with Bathsheba. Well, not right after, a little time after God got a hold of him. He wrote this psalm, Psalm 51. It says this, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inner place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. And here it is. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew, regenerate a steadfast spirit within me. You know what? It's really hard, and it always will be, living in an ungodly world. But again, the real issue is not what's going on out there. The real issue is what's going on in here. It's what's on the inside 
that's important. And then the last point is that cleanliness evident on the outside. Is that cleanliness evident on the outside? The heart of Christianity is your heart, is my heart. The heart of Christianity is our hearts. And this is the question, does Jesus have all of your heart? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, that is the heart of the matter. The heart is the heart of the matter. And yeah, we live in a crazy world. The Apostle Paul lived in a crazy world. Augustus lived in a crazy world. Billy Graham lived in a crazy world. And we live in a crazy world. And fortunately, we, we, we know the end of the story. We know that we win the battle. And the battle is raging. But Lord, again, I'm, I mean, of course I'm concerned about the world I live in, but I'm, I'm a little more concerned about what's going on in my heart. And do you, Jesus, have all of my heart? And then if you do, is that cleanliness evident in how I act and how I talk and what I think? And really, that's the heart of the matter. But the most important thing, Lord, is that we must be born again. We must sign over the deed of our lives to you. And you are knocking. And if we have not yet opened that door, you will patiently knock as long as you see fit. May we open the door of our heart to you. And then let you begin the process of changing our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.